Welcome. In this episode of How We Got Here, we're going to look at student protests. After Hamas's barbaric attack on Israel, October 7th, 2023, killing over 1,400 and taking 200 hostages, Black Lives Matter chapters across America organized protests and marches against Israel. Even privileged students at Harvard University participated. Where democratic nations allow marches and protests, in dictatorial nations, they are cracked down on. One example is Napoleon. He seized power in France, and then in 1808, he invaded Spain. And he put his brother Joseph on the Spanish throne. A crowd gathered in protest. In response, on the second day of May, Dos de Mayo, Napoleon sent his mercenary Muslim cavalry called Mamluks charging into the Spanish crowd and butchering hundreds. Two years later, 1810, a priest in Mexico named Hidalgo gave a sermon, the cry of the Dolores, bemoaning the fact that the French leader Napoleon, who had been excommunicated by the Pope, put his brother Joseph Bonaparte on the Spanish throne. Hidalgo began a march that grew to 90,000 peasants. Unfortunately, the Spanish military defeated them and executed Hidalgo. Another more recent is 1989. Chinese students demonstrated for freedom in Tiananmen Square. The world watched as President George H.W. Bush did nothing. China then proceeded to arrest, imprison, and kill thousands of young protesters. In 2021, thousands of young Cubans gathered in the streets to protest food shortages, medicine being uh, unsupplied, lack of electricity, constant blackouts. Though only 90 miles away from America, the United States did nothing. The Cuban government proceeded to arrest thousands. Using modern technology, they put the entire country under extreme surveillance. Students who protested were sentenced to 10, 15, even 20 years in prison. What is it that causes young people to want to participate in marches and protests? Two powerful motivations are at work. One, all humans, but especially youth, want to be accepted by their peers, and as a result will do what they see a group doing in order to gain approval. Secondly, at a certain age, young people want to have their life make a difference beyond their own circle. In former generations, young men and women became missionaries and risked their lives to go to foreign countries to share the gospel. They endured hardships at sea, language barriers, discrimination, financial stress. Why? So they could share the love of Jesus by starting schools and orphanages and hospitals and medical clinics and feeding centers and more. The motivation of young people to have their lives make a difference has been manipulated by everyone from cult leaders to ambitious politicians to dictators who want to harness their useful energy to promote their agendas. An instance of naive youth deceived into a vain march was the Children's Crusade of 1212. An estimated 30,000 juveniles were caught up in the frenzy and joined a march to Italy believing they could reach the Holy Land to convert the Saracen Muslims. Unfortunately, most died or were sold into slavery. Similarly, a legend traced back to the year 1284, 
was the Pied Piper of Hamelin. As the story goes, a Pied Piper dressed in a rainbow-colored pied or patched coat agreed to lead all the rats out of town for pay. But when the town refused to pay him, he returned and played his pipe, attracting a crowd of children. The children marched with the Pied Piper out of town and were never seen again. One young person who started a march, which turned into the bloody French Revolution, in the year 1789, France was in debt after helping America gain independence. And then their crops failed. The people did not have bread and blamed the king. When Queen Marie Antoinette was told the people did not have bread, she is accused of having said, let them eat cake. Wasn't her fault she grew up in court and was not aware of their plight. Nevertheless, on October 5th, 1789, a young woman in Paris began beating a drum. A crowd gathered around her, and before long, they started marching through Paris. As they went, radicals joined their ranks with kitchen knives and swords and muskets. They robbed stores of bread and anything else they could find. Reaching a size of 10,000, they were barely stopped from burning the Paris City Hall. In pouring rain, they reached the King's Palace at Versailles. As with any peaceful protest, by the time the crowd grew, the purpose of the march changed from bread to demanding the King Louis XVI return under house arrest to Paris, where he was eventually beheaded. In May of 1886, another instance, socialist factory workers in Chicago organized near the McCormick Harvesting Machine Company plant, and they were having a protest, and it turned into the Haymarket Riot. A peaceful protester threw a dynamite bomb at the police, killing seven, wounding dozens more. A Haymarket statue was dedicated to the policeman who had died in the protest. Some 80 years later, at, during the Vietnam War, another protest took place at that exact same spot. The Haymarket riot of 1969, called the Days of Rage. It was organized by the SDS, Students for a Democratic Society, with the help of the Weather Underground, a group of elitist left-wing students, including Bill Ayers and Eric Mann. Their motto was, elections don't mean blank, vote where the power is, our power is in the street. The peaceful protest turned violent. They blew up the Haymarket statue on October 6, 1969. The statue was rebuilt, but the Weather Underground blew it up again on October 6, 1970. Years later, Weather Underground leader Bill Ayers hosted a meeting in 1995 to help launch the campaign of an Illinois Senate candidate named Barack Obama. Well, Ayers had stated, I am a radical, leftist, small c communist. Maybe I'm the last communist willing to admit it. The ethics of communism still appeal to me. The uh, uh, I don't like Lenin as much as the early Marx. Another Weather Underground leader was Eric Mann. He helped train Patrice Cullors, a founder of Black Lives Matter, 
who organized peaceful protests that turned violent. Colors stated in 2015, myself and Alicia are in particular are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. We are super versed on sort of ideological theories. Congressman Albert Herlong described these Marxist tactics, reading them into the congressional record years ago, January 10th, 1963. It was called the 45 Goals for Marxists to Take Over the United States. A few of them are, number 17, get control of schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. Put party line in textbooks. Use student riots to foment public protests. Back in 1963, the Marxists were talking about using students to have public protests. One Marxist tactic to recruit students for marches and protests is called critical race theory. Critical race theory was perfected during the Cold War. The Soviet KGB going into countries and observing all the groups, ethnically, racially, economically, religiously, and then categorizing them as either victims or oppressors, haves and have-nots. Then the groups would be pitted against each other to sow internal division. The next step was to co-opt the media and blame the current leadership of the country for all of the problems. Marches and protests would be organized, and when the public opinion sufficiently swung against the leadership, they would carry out a coup or a rigged election and replace the leader with a Soviet puppet who would promise to restore order by seizing emergency powers. This is called a color revolution. Now, mob psychology has been studied in depth, and it's called by many names. Herd mentality, pack mentality, groupthink, crowd psychology, group psychosis. Once a crowd or a march comes together, it can easily be manipulated by those who know how to do it into a violent mob. This is because humans are social creatures. We tend to imitate behavior that we see in a group. This is common in nature. If you think of it, a water molecule acts as an individual water molecule. But you put it with other water molecules and they operate in a group, forming waves and clouds. A bird in a cage acts as an individual bird. But you put it with other birds in the sky and they operate as a group. A fish in a bowl acts as an individual fish, but you put it with other fish in the ocean and they operate as a group. A dog by itself acts as an individual dog, but you put it with other dogs and they act like a pack. Human beings, we are individuals, but you put us together with other human beings and we are constantly giving and receiving feedback as to whether we are being accepted or rejected. We feel pressured to act with the group, like a wave at a football game adopting the prevailing behavior that we perceive to be generally accepted. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. One classic example of a mob being stirred to violence is the crowd that gathered for Julius Caesar's funeral after his assassination on the Ides of March, March 15th in the year 44 B.C. Caesar's general, Mark Anthony, was invited to speak at the funeral in hopes 
that he would bring peace and restore order. Instead, he whipped the crowd into a mob frenzy. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him, was Mark Anthony's opening line in William Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar, performed in 1599. The Roman mob was stirred up, destroyed the senators' homes responsible for Caesar's assassination, and they were not stopped until, to appease the crowd, they got Caesar's nephew, Octavius, to be chosen as the next leader, and he concentrated power and became Augustus Caesar. Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi minister of propaganda, perfected crowd manipulation. He said, think of the press, the media, think of the press as a great keyboard on which the government can play. Now, what does the Bible say about joining in a mob? Exodus 23.2 warned, Thou shall not follow a multitude to do evil. Another translation states, Do not follow the crowd when it does what is wrong. And then another translation says, Don't do something just because everyone else is doing it. If you see a group of people doing wrong, don't join them. You must not let them persuade you to do wrong things. You must do what is right and fair. Well, I hope this episode of How We Got Here was interesting to you. God bless you.